Like sands through the hourglass, so are the days of our lives. Now, we can start. Good morning, everyone. I hope you're having a great whatever day you're listening to this on. Um, even if it's not morning, I hope you had a good morning. It is Friday, 10 a.m. in Atlanta, Georgia, and, and Milledgeville, Georgia. I think we're on the same time zone. Um, and <laughs> I'm your host. Some states do have time zone differences. So. Yeah. <laughs> but not this one. Kentucky. Yeah, Kentucky. You have time zone difference sometimes. Tennessee does. Tennessee, yeah. What are you going to – you need to do something about that. I'm pointing to my microphone, not the camera. (laughs) Do something about that. Um, I'm your host, Aaron Weiss, uh, along with my co-host. Hey. Welcome to Weisscast. (laughs) (laughs) We are the the official podcast of off-brand Pop Funko figures. Um, And – I think this is going to be a good episode. Man. Our, when did when did we become the you know, I don't even want to know. <laughs> I was checking uh, I was checking the Wisecast email the other day and uh there yeah, it's like you know how they have those wannabe Funko Pop figures? Yeah, like Punko Pop. Yeah. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, they, yeah, yeah. Funko Pop emailed me the other day. It was like, "Hey, can we sponsor your podcast?" And I was like, "Sure. Show me the money." And they're like, Oh, sorry. All we have is yen, and I was like, uh, "It costs more than six yen a month to run this podcast." And they were like, "Well, you're gonna get six yen," and I was like, "Okay." <laughs> Man, I think we just got scammed. <laughs> hey, I just had to give them each of our social security numbers. Okay, cool. Mother's no, maiden no, name. No, I got mine. So. <laughs> Uh, <laughs> fishing with a ph that's how i have it fishing. <laughs> uh, oh, so it's gonna be we got a great show tonight people. yeah we do um so wait first of all i just got a text from amazon about the what's what's in the treasure truck do you ever get these treasure truck texts uh-uh Yo, that's a pretty good deal. The GoPro Hero Black 8 bundle is only $350, and I think that that is about 15% off. Wow. Anyways, sorry, it's time for a joke. What a world. What a world. Tell me a joke. Oh my gosh. I hate you, Siri. (laughs) Tell me a joke. Be careful around stairs. They always seem like they're up to something. That's wow. That's profound advice. Man. But also be careful around stairs because plenty of people have fallen down them and hurt themselves. That's true. You should always be careful around stairs. Remember, don't skip stairs because you're in a hurry. One one step at a time. Use the handrails. Yes. And if the 
the seat that moves people that can't get upstairs is available. Use that because it is the safest way to get upstairs. <laughs> but it moves so slow. <laughs> That's for safety. <laughs> Fair. Fair. Uh, you know what? I'm going to bring back a transition that we haven't used, I think, at all this season. Don't do it. <laughs> and that is... <laughs> Time for some news. We're going to go into our articles this week. Uh, we have six great articles. Um, four great articles and two okay ones. Uh, <laughs> yeah. I'll let the listeners judge them That's accordingly. Just, just for yourselves and then give us feedback. So, uh... We'll go on ahead and start at the beginning. I feel like that's a great place to start. Yeah, the beginning's good. Um, so I I titled this article "The Battle of the D Bags," um, and that is a boxing match front uh, and featuring Logan Paul against Antonio Brown. Um, so Logan Paul was in a boxing match recently, right? Who did he fight? He fought an, he, he fought an actual boxer. Did he not? Uh, he fought KSI. Is he a... He's a YouTuber who YouTuber. has started to take up boxing. Okay. that's I guess that's different. But still, um, I think these pseudo-celebrity, like, YouTuber non-boxing boxing matches like people who don't box boxing matches are stupid um to say the least uh i i don't see how they get as much publicity as they do i mean i guess because they they are pseudo famous people but it's just uninteresting to see people who don't box professionally attempt to box like they are in the T-Mobile arena in uh, Las Vegas in front of crowds of millionaires, mm. you know, uh, what, what do you think about these pseudo boxing matches? <clears throat> yeah. I mean, I, th- I think that they're, <clears throat> I think they're kind of ridiculous because they're all just built off of like YouTube feuds or, Things like that. But I do think that it's a testament to the rise of like the status of a of the YouTuber in the realms of like entertainment. Mm-hmm. Prior to this, like YouTubers YouTubers would only be able to kind of do things with other YouTubers, but because YouTube has risen to be a an entertainment platform that rivals <laughs> movies and television. Mm-hmm. I mean, a lot of YouTubers now are working. I mean, so um, so the YouTuber Superwoman has a late night show now. You know, there's like plenty. Is that Lily Singh? Yeah, Lily Singh. Yeah. Lily Singh has um, a late night show on NBC now. You know, and there's and there's like a lot of other YouTubers who have kind of transcended just being on YouTube. And so I think that that's a test. So I think that YouTubers should feel good about that. But I think it's weird just that 
the whole the idea of doing boxing matches to settle disputes. Right. Slash and get paid. Because really that's what it's all about, getting paid. I want to be clear that it's not the status of the celebrity that I'm that yeah. I have a have qualms with. It's the fact that they didn't get famous because of boxing. Yeah. Like it'd be one thing if like Mike Tyson came out of retirement and George Foreman came out of retirement and fought. Like that'd be cool. I I would probably pay to view that. Like I would I would I would legitimately spend the what is it like 60 bucks on pay-per-view to view that. Um, but these are like Antonio Brown is a disgraced former NFL player against Logan Paul, who's a notorious D bag on YouTube. So like, it's just, uh, maybe it's just me, but it's not that interesting. Like there's, it's not going to be a very, it, like Antonio Brown is a great athlete. Um, Logan Paul might be athletic, but it's not like they're not. They haven't trained their whole life for this. Thus, it's not as interesting to me. That's fair. People could enjoy two people, you know, amateur-ish when it comes to boxing, boxing one another. You know what would be more interesting to me? Um there's this game that we used to play in middle school and high school uh, called the knife game. You ever heard of the knife game? No. So we had like a fake knife. It would just be like, like a pin or something like a capped pin mm-hmm. um, and get in a circle and each person would have a number. And to start out, I think start, Someone would just say two random numbers. I'll finish the story. We can go on to the next topic. Uh, someone would say, like, two random numbers, and those two people would have to go for the pin, and then the person that won would, like, you know, stab. I put stab in air quotes for the listeners. Um, <laughs> the other. And then the winner got to choose the next two. Okay. So it was kind of like a battle royale almost, but not... I don't know. I think that would be cool to watch. I would. I would. That would be worth YouTube Premium. <laughs> oh no! <laughs> but not with a real knife, like with a sharpie or something. All right, fair. Yeah, I don't. I am not for actual violence. Just theoretical violence. Theoretical violence is fine. <laughs> yeah, I think we should move on to the next topic, which also revolves around Antonio Brown. Yeah, so Antonio Brown recently has um, he went on the radio um, on, on Thursday of uh, no, it was actually yesterday. He went on the radio yesterday and issued a public apology to the Pittsburgh Steelers for being a distraction. He talked about how um, you know Ben Roethlisberger. Um, how he had many conversations with him and he wanted to apologize to Mike Tomlin and, um, and to the team owner and, and everything like that. He also wanted to apologize to the NFL as a whole. And it was really interesting. Um, he was, he was asked in his interview, you know, he said that many people are saying that, you know, you have mental, like some people are suggesting 
you might have mental health problems. Do you feel like you do? And he was like, oh, I think everybody does. I think everybody's got stuff going on, which is which is true. Everybody does have stuff going on. Um, and there's just that, one. Of those, yeah. yeah, I was going to say that just doesn't that doesn't necessarily add up to a mental health problem. Just no, it doesn't. Yeah. Um, but he's been kind of apologizing. And I think it's kind of he's trying to make amends with. Uh, with what's been going on to try to save some semblance of his NFL career, because at one point he was very much in the realm of, I don't really need the NFL. I can do what I want, but I think he probably needs the NFL more he than realize, he realizes. Yeah. So I don't know. What do you, do you think? Do you think that he apologized specifically to the Steelers because he thinks that's his only chance of getting back to the NFL? Possibly. I don't uh, know. I don't know any other teams that would take chances on him because I think he would probably ask for too much money mm-hmm. and the money that you pay him is not going to be worth the potential distractions that he would cause, you know, on and off the field. You know, he is more of a distraction than shadow Chosinko, than Randy Moss, than Terrell Owens. Like he is the sum of those three. As far as distractions. Yeah. But those three, but those three were consummate professionals. Like exactly. They put their noses down and got the job done when they were on the field. So they could back up their talk off the field. But Antonio Brown right. just talks. That's he's good. Thing. Yeah, he's good, but he just he's talks. won I think one Super Bowl, maybe. I don't know if he's that old. Um But he he's very good and when he's not talking like when he's an asset to his team, he's legitimately one of the best receivers in the NFL. Yep. Uh, um, I think I feel like at this point it probably was genuine apologies. You know, um, I don't think it was just his agent telling him to suck it up. Yeah. Um, I I kind of I try to see the best in people. And even though I just called him a D-bag in the last segment, segment <laughs> um, doesn't mean I don't have respect for his game, you know. Um, he had some truly great catches in his career. And I think that if he went back to the Steelers, they probably would be a playoff team next year. Um, especially because Ben Roethlisberger's coming back um, for probably his last season, you know, I think he's going to try to make a, make a Super Bowl run. And honestly, as much as I don't like the Steelers, I would like to see Ben Roethlisberger go back out on top, even though I don't like, I don't really like him either, but he is undoubtedly a hall of fame quarterback. Yeah. Um, and, uh, yeah, I think, I think this is some genuine apologies. Um, yeah, coming from the same guy that tweeted "No more white women 2020," <laughs> like, <laughs> which is hilarious. Which is one of the funniest tweets I've ever seen. It's just. <laughs> I mean, honestly, I agree with him, but like. <laughs> no more white women that was great. It was like on the 21st of December that he said that, and I died when I saw it. That's I was really like, funny. that is what that is a tweet that needs to be archived. No more white women 2020. That's you should send so, that to the top of his profile. 
Dude, and it was funny for because the whole right, year. Under, right under it, there was there was right under that tweet from Antonio Brown, there was a tweet from a from like a profile called Antonio Brown's translator that said AB says I am not getting emotionally involved with any Caucasian females starting in 2020. <laughs> That's hilarious. Take your guns, AB. Well, be be better off the field. But, you know, no more white women 2020. Right. <laughs> um, I think before we enter into uh, the video games and entertainment uh, section, we'll just stick with the NFL real quick because I feel like it's better to stick with a topic, then leave a topic, and then come back to it. So, um, on Sunday of this week, Patrick Mahomes broke the Madden cover curse oh, man. and won the Super Bowl and was crowned MVP um, of the game, not of the league, uh, because that obviously went to uh, Lamar Jackson. But... Patrick breaking the Madden curse is big, not only because the Madden curse was totally a real thing for many years, um, but because he is a very young quarterback that got MVP of the league last year, MVP of the Super Bowl this year, has um, he's on track um, to win as many Super Bowls as Brady. Mm. He is, I think, 17 years younger than Tom Brady and has one Super Bowl. Um, a lot of people are saying that he, Deshaun Watson, uh, Lamar Jackson, Kyler Murray, throw uh, Russell Wilson in there. They are the new elite of the NFL, and I think Russell Wilson was the uh, the prototype of that because uh, he's a little bit older than them. Uh, I think he's, what, probably three or four years older than the others. I'll say, yeah. Um, it is refreshing to see quarterbacks change in the NFL because for a long time it was just tall, well-built, white pocket passers. Yeah. And now the elite are the mobile quarterbacks, um, and they all happen to be black. Um, and they are all each one of them are very fun to watch. Yeah. Um, I don't cheer for any of those teams personally. Oh, I do like the I do like the Seahawks. Um, I just really like their colors, but I also really like uh, Russell Wilson. And now that Marshawn Lynch is back, that's that's fun. Um, man, seeing Marshawn Lynch get out of that car with all those Skittles oh mm-hmm. my, was one of the dumbest things I've ever seen. <laughs> <laughs> it's so dumb, but they are legitimately all very fun to watch. It makes the NFL exciting. I think you said this in an episode a few weeks ago, but the NFL um, views are at its highest in seasons, like the last four or five seasons. Yeah. Um, and I think it's largely because of these quarterbacks, these new um, mobile, exciting to watch quarterbacks who both have an arm and can run it at any time. Yeah. 
Um, what what are your feelings on uh, the the future of the quarterback or or even Patrick Mahomes breaking the Madden cover curse? Yeah, I mean, you know, I've, I've said before, I thought that Pat, I think Patrick Mahomes and it's going to sound crazy. I do think that Patrick Mahomes is the best quarterback in the NFL right now. Mm-hmm. Maybe maybe he wouldn't be as good if he didn't have the weapons that he has with Kansas City. But either way. I think you can say that about Brady too. Yeah, you can say that about Brady. Uh, but it, it still, it, it's in, it's incredible just to see how, how well he's done, how young he is as well. Um, but I also, yeah, I, it, it makes me feel bad for quarterbacks in the past, like the Donovan McNabs and the Michael Vicks and those guys, the Vince Youngs, and you know those types of quarterbacks that are of like a similar type mm-hmm. um they may not have been as accurate of passers as russell wilson or kyler murray or patrick mahomes um but i feel like they were equally as mobile in a lot of ways mm-hmm. but the nfl just like wasn't having it they were just like oh you gotta be able to I mean, because i remember i remember like when michael vick was playing they tried to turn him into a pocket passer yeah they're like you can't you can't scramble can't scramble and throw the ball and now you know yeah then and you fast forward to today and you have Patrick Mahomes looking one way and throwing the ball the complete opposite direction Mm -hmm. Lamar Jackson's breaking records and you know Mm -hmm. yeah it's the NFL is getting really exciting and I'm you know it's it's gonna be really cool to see where it goes from here and I mean congrats to the congrats to the Chiefs for winning the Super Bowl yes uh McNabb, I, I like what you said about McNabb and Vic. They're kind of like the grandfathers of this of this type of quarterback that we're seeing nowadays. I think that if it weren't for them, we wouldn't. They wouldn't. There wouldn't be room in the NFL for what we're seeing today as far as the mobile um, quarterbacks. I, I I think the culture of the NFL changed to uh, around these mobile quarterbacks, um, and I think that's. Uh, largely because it was changing in college too. Yeah. Um, and for a long time, the NFL was super stubborn um, because they just had these really old coaches um, that were kind of stuck in their, their uh, quote pro style ways. Um, and I don't know. It's going to be really interesting over the next few years as, uh, as all of those quarterbacks just continue to get better, um, I think teams will continue to build around their their quarterbacks. Um, and other teams who don't have a quarterback like Patrick Mahomes or Lamar Jackson or Kyler Murray um, will see the success that they're having and be like, all right, it's time to, to actually build – around this quarterback who has this talent. Yeah. And um, I'm excited about it because I love the NFL. It's going to be fun times. Let's move on to the next topic, shall we? Yeah, so there was a question and answer session um, that Nintendo um, had not too long ago. And they were basically saying that, you know, we're, we're getting really close to the debut of a new generation of consoles. And normally 
Sony, Microsoft, and Nintendo all launch into that together. But it looks like this year that will not be the case because right. come the holiday of 2020, we will be getting new hardware um, from Sony and Microsoft. But Nintendo are sticking with the Switch. Mm-hmm. And uh, when they were asked about that, they, they essentially said that they believed um, that the, the Switch is in the middle of its life cycle. So the, the specific quote says, we believe that, that the Nintendo Switch business is now in its fourth year and is just in the middle of its life cycle rather than just the next year. I think about things in terms of what to do following the year and the year after that. And he also added that we do not believe that the business trends of other companies will have a significant impact on our business. And considering how well the Switch has done, mm-hmm. why would Nintendo kind of, you know, go ahead and try to launch into something, something different, um, especially with how interesting and innovative they've been with the, the success of the Wii and then the not so success of the Wii U mm-hmm. and then now the success of the Switch. Um I think they're going to try to ride this out for as for as long as for as long as they can, and they should. The Switch is right. a, a console, and the Switch is really the sum of the innovation of the Wii and the Wii U. Yeah, um, it has motion controls, which a lot of people don't know. Um, it, it does, and it, they work really well. Um, it has the portable screen. That you can actually take everywhere, and like the Wii U, it had to be in your house. Um, and I, I agree. I I don't think Nintendo should come out with a console this year because they are, like they claim, um, in the middle of a generation um, of their own. Um, and I kind of respect that about Nintendo, not or like just going against the grain. Yeah. Um, it it kind of it, it's I think it's more consumer focused than Xbox or PlayStation who tend to release things in the same year um, because uh, if you're doing that like uh, for a while Nintendo has been known as like the secondary console um, since the Wii days um, and. And I think they kind of realized that. And so if if they were to come out with a new uh, console or handheld this year, um, they would cannibalize a lot of their um, a lot of their sales because Xbox and PlayStation are both coming out with a new console this year. Um, and so if they do it mid-cycle to mid-cycle as an Xbox and PlayStation cycle, then there's a really higher, there's a very higher probability that people are going to buy that. And I I think it just makes a lot of sense. Um, I'm excited to see um, like, just the ways that Switch is Xbox and PlayStation, like as far as innovation, like they they they're both working on like um uh casting the games to the phone. Mm-hmm. Um, so 
and Xbox is going to have xCloud. Like, I'm excited to see just the ways that Switch is leading, is helping innovate the industry. Yeah. Yeah, and, and I mean, the Switch has been on fire. Mm-hmm. Just strong first-party games. I mean, Pokemon Sword and Shield has been incredible from a sales perspective. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, I mean, Pokemon Sword and Shield carried them through the winter and then is going to lead them right up until the new Animal Crossing comes out, and that's going to carry them a ways. Mm-hmm. Um, they're, get, they're getting really good third-party support as well, having games ported over to the Switch that people love. Um, and indie support. Yeah, yeah, and indie support. And so it's it's really... The Switch is doing really well, so it's 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 really smart by Nintendo to to do this, and it'll be really interesting to see just how uh, how this plays out going forward. What do you what do you got for us in your next in your next article? I was really interested when I saw this. I'm really excited about this article, um, and this is our last article. No, it's not our second to last. Thank goodness. Um, so. Platinum Games uh, wants to self-publish Scalebound. Um, for those who don't know, uh, Scalebound was set to be an Xbox One exclusive uh, published by Microsoft um, that got canceled, I think, at the beginning of 2019 or at the end of 2018. Um, I don't know the exact premise of the game. I just know that there was dragons in it and um platinum platinum has made a lot of games um they're i think they're probably most well known for the bayonetta games mm-hmm. um but they also made the wonderful 101 which they are kickstarting to be uh ported to switch um what else have they made they near, made near automata which is a huge one yes um, the chain they made a Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles game a few years ago. Um, so they're, they're a big they're a big developer um, who's come out with a lot of quality games. Um, and right now they're fighting for the rights to self-publish Scalebound, um, which loads of people were excited about. Um, and I don't completely know or understand why Xbox wouldn't give up the rights um but i think it's just exciting that the prospect that uh, of the prospect that it can just be published and out and people will finally be able to play it um doesn't mean it'll be a good game necessarily because it's been in development hell for the past 5 years but <laughs> development hell that's, that's what describe it uh, that's what the industry calls it by that yeah yeah no it is yeah so uh what, what do you think about Scalebound, the possibility of it coming out? Oh, man. When I first saw it, I was like, oh, this is going to be awesome. And, mm-hmm. I mean, and Platinum and Platinum Games are, I mean, they're amazing. Mm-hmm. So, like, I, I haven't played a lot of their, their I've played a little bit of Nier. I've played the Bayonetta games, and those are fun. Um, but, yeah, I mean, I feel like if they're, if they're like, really nice like passion projects or things that developers want to do and they end up getting canceled for one you know bureaucratic reason or another i feel like you know any way that we can possibly get to have these games actually published would be great you know yes i mean as far as i'm concerned we should 
to see what we can do to get it made. I mean, and I know that it's sometimes it's difficult to do that when you have to work through mm-hmm. publishing publishers and licensing and things like that, which is why, and this is going back to what we talked about a little bit last week. I'm not holding my breath about the Knights of the Old Republic game. The right. New, I'm not because there's like so many things that have to take place. Um, but there's also not for that specifically well, because yeah. EA owns Bioware. Yeah. And EA has the license. So, but you're right. Um, specifically for Platinum, they've kind of more recently have become a second party Nintendo publisher. Uh, I mean, uh, developer, yeah. uh, because they have been making game uh, the Bayonetta games exclusively for Nintendo. Um, and I'd kind of be interested to see if Scalebound would be would come to Switch. Um, I don't know if it would be possible, but it'd be really cool. Uh, I mean, heck, they brought The Witcher to Switch. Um, they brought Doom to Switch. They brought Wolfenstein to Switch. Like these are really graphically intensive games that they brought to Switch. And granted, they don't look amazing, but they run well. Um, yeah. I, I, I'd be interested to see if that's possible. Only time will tell. Only time will tell. Time will tell. Um, hey, we we finished this this article early. Yeah, man. Uh, have anything to say for the next 30 seconds before we move on, or do you just want to move on? Let's just move on. Okay. <laughs> Last topic. Yeah, so good old Kathleen Kennedy, the uh, the lady who kills all of our Star Wars hopes and dreams. <laughs> That's not true. Kathleen, it's not. Uh, it's kind of true. It's kind of true. <laughs> she, confirmed, uh, she confirmed the other day that um, Harrison Ford will be returning to reprise his role as Indiana Jones in a in in the, um, Indiana Jones Five, which will not be a reboot, but instead will be a sequel. Okay. I think people were really interested. Uh, the the conversation has been really interesting lately, um, just around all of that. And so she said that you know we're working away getting the script where we want it to be, and then we'll be ready to go. She said Harrison Ford will be involved. Yeah, it's not a reboot; it's a continuation. Um, and and it's been interesting because Harrison Ford has said on multiple occasions that no one else can play Indiana Jones but him. He said that, and he mm-hmm. said and he said like when I'm gone, Indy is gone. Like there will be no more Indiana Jones. He was like he was like he's like when when I'm gone. The character's gone. Like no one can, no one can play him. Um, no one can play him, but but me. And and it, it's it's really interesting. I mean, this is a this is a super beloved franchise. Mm-hmm. I mean, I you know I was showed these movies when I was growing up and things like that. And it's cool to have Harrison Ford still continue to do to do the role. Um, but Disney's always looking for ways to keep something going. And so while Harrison Ford may feel adamantly about he is the only person who can play Indiana Jones, I wonder if Disney feels that same way. Well, they're, 
there are workarounds to keep this uh, franchise alive. Um, just, just kill him in this next movie. Well, <laughs> I mean, you could do what they tried to do in 08. Um, they were, I, I think in 08, they were trying to prime Shia LaBeouf to take over the franchise. Mm. But the, the movie was so poorly received that they decided to not do that. Um, and so they could go, like, they could make Indiana Jones a mentor to another character. Um, and, I mean, they could, they'd have to change the name of the, the movies, but it could still be the same franchise. Like, for example, uh, the Fantastic Beast movies are in the Wizarding World, but they're connected to Harry Potter. Yeah. Um, so they could do something like that. And it would just have to be a very likable mentee to Indiana Jones. And I, I don't know anyone. I can't think of anyone that could play someone like that. I don't know. Right now. Um, yeah. They'd, they'd have to be, like, younger. Like... Not even, not even like forty. They'd have to be way younger, right? Yeah. They'd have to be like in their twenties. And as Uncharted is also in development hell <laughs> uh, with uh, Tom Holland, and uh, ironically, Mark Wahlberg is Sully. <laughs> yeah. Hey. <laughs> <Nate>. No. <laughs> um. And, and I can understand Disney being cautious about this because Indiana Jones and the Crystal Skull uh, did not do very well. Um, and there's there is a very high likelihood that this will be Harrison Ford's last movie as Indiana Jones. Right. So they're going to have to figure something out for sure. We all know that Disney don't care about, you know, the quality of the franchise is I say they don't care. I think they do care about the quality of the franchise, but as as far as it continues to make them money. You know who so. would be a great mentee? Who's that? Alden Ehrenreich. Shut up. <laughs> Shut up. Alden Ehrenreich is not a bad actor. He's not. But no. <laughs> that would I think I think the I think like the world would explode. From an entertainment standpoint, is like first he's first he's Han Solo, mm-hmm. and now and now he's Indiana Jones. <laughs> yeah, I Indiana Jones's character is so cheesy too, man. Like, man. I'm just gonna look up real quick because we have time. We've only been recording like 38 minutes. Um, actors in their um, 25 back best actors in their 20s. View full list. Gosh, I hate when websites do this. No. No, not that guy. Gosh, all these are terrible. Actually, Lakeith Stanfield's really good. However, I don't know if he would be a good mentee to Indiana Jones. 
You like Lakeith Stanfield? Yeah. I think he's a really good actor. Um, Daniel Radcliffe actually just turned 30, but that'd be funny. Uh, no. (laughs) Get John Boyega. (laughs) (laughs) There's... I don't think I would get any of these. I don't... Yeah, I don't... Actually, you know... The guy... I could kind of see Ty Sheridan, the guy from Ready Player One. Okay. But, I mean, I don't think there's been any whispers of other characters in Indiana Jones, right? The new one, I mean. No, not really. So, I'm completely basing that off of who could possibly be a pretty good mentee for Indiana Jones. And Ty Sheridan, why not? Um, I could see him in a in a treasure hunting role. What, what even, what genre are those movies? Like just adventure, adventure, action, treasure hunt. Like, (laughs) I don't even know. Um, but from there, we're going to go on to 20 questions and I have quite the show for you. Oh man. So, also, um, I'm saying this because I need to, uh, I've been meaning to do this for a while in 20 questions. I need to find a, a soundboard or something of, of just like sound effects to play throughout the show. Mm. Um, I think that'd be a lot of fun. So, I'm going to do this as a test run oh, no. today. And also, I think I'm going to change the rules a little bit. Today? Today. When, Changing I, the rules. when I'm guessing, you're going to change no, it's a good, it's, it's a good rule change. <laughs> okay. it, just, it just shifts the uh, hint. Okay. Um, and I'll let, you, I'll let you actually choose when, but... Actually, you know what? That that's the rule change is you can choose when the hint is. Okay. So like if you think you're on a good track at 15, you can use the hint later or you don't have to use the hint at all. Mm-hmm. But if you, you know? Yeah. So the hint can be used anytime, let's say within the last 5 questions. Mm-hmm. All right. All right. I can do that. Right, here we go. Um. All right. Go for it. All right. Is this is this show on a major network? The ABC, NBC, Fox, CBS. No. Okay. Is this show animated? No. Okay. So it's live action. Mm-hmm. Okay. Um, did this show come out before 2000? No. 
Did it come out before 2010? Yes. Okay. Okay. Did it come out before 2005? Let me look it up. Okay. Um, I I want to say yes, but I will look up to make sure so I don't steer you wrong. Yes, it did come out before 2005. Okay. came out before 2005 in this live action. Correct. Okay. Um, does the show have a, does the show have an extended runtime? So like an hour? No. Close to it or 40 minutes. So it does not. So 20 minute, 20 minute runtime. Correct. Okay. 20 minute, 30 minute, whatever. Um, is this show... Man. Um, is this a Nickelodeon show? It is not. Cartoon Network? Nope. Disney? Yep. Disney. I'm not going to know this. <laughs> <laughs> I stopped watching the Disney Channel a long time ago. <laughs> um, is the main character female? No. So male then. Yes. <laughs> All right. Look, it could be an animal. That's fair. <laughs> um, white male yes. main character? Yes. Okay. Um, is the main character's actor well known? No. No. Oh, Lord. That rules out even Stevens. Was this show very popular on the Disney Channel? I would say popular, but I wouldn't say very popular. So it's popular, but not very popular. Mm-hmm. Um, was not like Hannah Montana status. Okay. That was 13, by the way. Okay. Has the show been rebooted? No, I wish. Okay. <laughs> okay. Um... Is this show still in the air? No. Okay. All right. Welcome to question 15. <laughs> Go on. Um, I feel like I should be trying to catch something. <laughs> um, is... This, oh gosh! Is this? Does this show take place in a school? Uh, not like as a main setting. Like a lot of a lot of the characters' interactions take place in a school. 
Yes. Okay. Although that's tough to say, you know? Because I feel like a lot of live-action TV shows centered around teenagers have school in them. Yeah. Oh, by the uh, way, this is the new thing. We're going to add boss battle music starting at 15. Boss battle music? <laughs> yeah. Could I, 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 need my, I need my hint. Okay. Um, I'm on question. This is 17. So. Your hint is... Let me see if I can find a good hint. Oh, your hint is the... The, um... The best friend of one of the main characters. So the actress that plays her, her sister, (laughs) is on... A CW TV show in the Arrowverse. Holy crap! <laughs> I'm not. The, that, that hit is so specific. Like, if I don't know who the person is, I'm never gonna get it. <laughs> the, the sisters were at one time big in, in the Disney Channel realm. Okay. That's another hint, but. Yeah. So involved magic. No. Does this boss battle music add to the intensity? (laughs) Not really. (laughs) Dang it. (laughs) Maybe it does for our listeners, though. (laughs) Maybe it does for them. Yeah. Uh. Also, technically, this is just a wild. This is just a wild Pokemon theme music. So. It was well. Originally, it was just trainer battle. Ah. But it, I think it evolved. Ah, okay. Um. So it doesn't involve magic. So they're just regular. They're just regular kids then. Just doing regular kid stuff. Yep. Dang. I don't know. I'm I'm totally stumped. You have two more questions than a guess. See if All you right. can get it. Okay. Um, so did the did the show revolve around a family? Yes. Okay. Did the family have uh oh no. Was the was the thing I guess was was the quirk that was about the family is it in the title of the show? Yes. <laughs> oh no! I guess Disney has a lot of those, huh? <laughs> they have a lot of them, yeah. <laughs> oh no! Now you have a guess. I know. 
Um, the only thing that I can think of is the sweet life of Zach and Cody. Is it the sweet life of Zach and Cody? It is not. If it's Sweet Life on deck, so help me, I'm coming through this computer. It's, <laughs> it's the same not. show! <laughs> in, released in 2004. Okay, definitely not. Uh, Cody, wait, let me, let me find. Released in 2004 to uh, not very well received. I mean, it was well received. It just wasn't super popular. Um, starring Ricky Ullman. Oh. It is Phil of the Future. Phil of the freaking future. That's you. You're d- <laughs> Game Phil. over. Phil of the future. Jeez. Um, yeah. So, yeah, the, the quirk was that they were all from the future. They're all and from the future, yeah. Um, the best friend of one of the main characters was played by Kay Panabaker, whose sister, Danielle Panabaker, is a main character in The Flash. Yep, yep. Um, Dang. All the other hints I could have given you would have given away the show. Man. Um, and Kay and Danielle Panabaker were, at one time, both very big on Disney Channel. Yeah. Um... But hey, you know what? Someone's got to take the lead sometime, and I'm just glad it's me. Um, (laughs) (laughs) Folks, that's really all we got for you. I hope you enjoyed the additions of uh, intense music in 20 Questions. That was inspired by a game scoop. Oh, game scoop. The Omega Cops themselves. Um, And... uh, that's really all we got for you this week. Uh, you can find me on Twitter and Instagram at the Weiss is Right. Find Weisscast on Instagram at Weisscast. Um, if you have any feedback or reviews, uh, review us on Apple Podcast or send your feedback to uh, feedback at Weisscast.com. Um, Bryant, where can they find you? find me on twitter and instagram at bk stinson 08 awesome um if you would like to join our patrons uh you get the podcast episode a little before everyone else does and it is an uncut um video podcast of of us just chatting and you get the pre-show uh which is usually between 10 and 30 minutes long, depending on how we're feeling that week. Um, And uh, that's really the only uh, perk of being a patron right now. Um, I'm sure if we get more, we would come up with other things. But yeah, feel free. We're patreon.com slash Weisscast. And... For now, I have a great uh, outro song, and do you want to guess? Do you have any guesses of uh, what it could possibly be? Rhythm and Blues. No. So, I I realize this season on Wisecast I've done a lot of trap versions of, like, video game music, but I've done 
I used to do video game versions of trap music too. And okay. so now Changing for, for the outro, it's going to be the 8-bit eight bit remix of Panini by Lil Nas X. <laughs> nice. So uh, I hope your ears enjoy that. Um, and we will catch you next week. Bye.